Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Or pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Bob Getty, Kelly Sander, Luke Johnson, Dalton Stanford with another edition of the Eagle Hour from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Glad you're with us around the state this afternoon on the Super Talk Radio Network. Always enjoy talking Southern Miss sports with our friends across the state. This segment sponsored by our good buddies at Dickey's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of the Eagle Hour and, of course, Southern Miss Athletics. They can uh, cater any event for you, large or small. Football just a few weeks away now. Now. So uh, now would be a good time to uh, put it in order for a catering uh, deal with Dickies and let them cater that opening game, Kelly. If you want to be really, really popular with the tailgating group, get Dickies. Show up with some, yeah, show up with a bunch of Dickies and find out uh, how right. popular you're going to be. All right. Later in the show, I did a little research this morning, guys, which will surprise you, I know. But uh, looking kind of looking forward to the Southern Miss schedule through 2025. I've expressed my concern about playing these SWAC teams, and uh, so I, I wanted to see how many of those are scheduled in the future, and, and we can talk about that a little later in the show. But first, we're going to do something a little out of the ordinary. Uh, we do talk NFL football here, you know, a good bit, as everyone knows, and uh, no secret that uh, my leanings uh, go to the Washington Redskins, having grown up uh, in Virginia. So today, Luke, we're bringing a young man onto the show that uh, is a Southern Miss guy, Southern Miss uh, graduate, uh, used to work at WDAM-TV with Kelly. Uh, now has his own radio show in Norfolk, Virginia, on WTAR, the ba- the Bob Matthews Show. And Bob covers Washington Redskin football. Look, now, I want you involved in this conversation, Luke, because this is your opportunity to have a live discussion about one of the iconic franchises in the NFL, realizing that you're a Saints fan. So are you geared up and ready, Luke Johnson? That, that's not the real question. The question is, how giddy are you that we lead on the Eagle Hour with the Washington Redskins, Bob? <laughs> yeah, Luke is actually in the studio with a finger in the back of his throat. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Let's bring Bob Matthews on the show. The Bob Matthews Show, WTIR in Norfolk, Virginia. And, Bob, I understand you may be – are you at training camp or are you just making visits to the Redskin training camp every day? Yeah. No, no. I'm. We are back from training camp. We were there uh, the week before the Browns game, and we're back in the studio now. The Redskins actually uh, actually broke camp in Richmond Sunday, and they're back up in Ashburn right now. I got you. Okay, so before we get started on the Redskins and the NFL, a little bit about your history with Southern Miss and WDAM. Refresh our listeners around the state about that, Bob. At- Absolutely. And by the way, Hattiesburg, what up? The prodigal son has returned. <laughs> I am glad. I am thrilled to be here today. Uh, now, when I moved here to Norfolk, they made me, for some inexplicable reason, change my last name. So here in Hampton Roads, with the Tidewater, as we like to call it, uh, I am known as Bob Matthews. But if you remember back to the late 80s, early 90s, my real last name is Fink. And I'm Bob Fink. I did the weekends uh, when Kelly and Mitch 
we're doing weekdays. I started at Southern in 1985, and I graduated in 90. I was on the five-year plan mainly because I was spending more time working with Mitch and Kelly at the TV station than I was actually going to class. So, Actually, Bob, a lot of people don't remember, may not remember, too, that you were, were instrumental in bringing to the first bring the first guy on Channel 7 to do a music video program called Fink at Night. Yeah, I've been trying to live that down ever since. Chad Zortman <laughs> reminds me of that on social media every once in a while. I think I have found and burned all of the existing tapes. I don't think there are any of them left. Um, but if but if there are, you'll be hearing from my attorneys. My old fast friend, Zortman. <laughs> I hadn't heard that name in a long time. Oh, be sure yeah. to tell him you're on our radio show. I'm sure he'll be happy. All right, now let's get let's get to it. And we're and we're glad that we're glad you're on the show. A lot, everybody down here, of course, loves NFL football, like mm-hmm. uh, throughout the rest of the country. I want to talk to you for just a couple minutes about the Redskins. Obviously, they bring in Case Keenum from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Colt McCoy's been a long time backup, and then the Redskins go out and draft Dwayne Haskins as the first round draft choice. We all know, and you don't have to look any further than the Saints, how important having a really leader quarterback is on the field. It's the difference in winning and losing, I think. Drew Brees, a, a great, great example of that. Which of these three guys can lead the Redskins, uh, Bob? Well, that depends on what part of the season we're talking about. Dwayne Haskins. More, there is a 99.9% chance that Dwayne Haskins will be on the field this year. The question is just when. He's not going to start the season at quarterback because he's not ready. If you watched any of their first game, the first game against the Browns, he looked like what he is, which is a rookie first-round draft choice taken with a 15th pick in the draft that is going to be a franchise quarterback at some point. Just not, just not today. So then the question becomes, who starts week one against the Eagles? And that's either going to be Case Keenum or Colt McCoy. Neither one of them have really stood out yet. Um, when you watch practice, they both kind of look about the same. The, I, I think Jay Gruden is most comfortable with Colt McCoy because of the fact that he has been in the system for five years, and as he said in an interview, he knows the play that Jay's going to call before Jay even calls it. Um, I think that, that Case Keenum is probably the better option talent-wise. He's going to go downfield a little bit more, but right now we have no idea. If all thing, if if Colt is healthy, he was held out of practice today because he was a little sore from Sunday. If he is able to play this week, and we think he is. He'll probably get the start. Uh, Case got it last week, and then you know we don't know what's going to happen for uh, for week three of the preseason. And of course, the Redskins thought they had found that franchise quarterback when they brought in Alex Smith from Kansas right. City, and then he suffers a gruesome injury. I, I, as last pictures I saw, he was still wearing a, a cast. Believe it or not. He's probably done, is he not? Oh, he's done, yeah. I mean, I, he won't say he's done publicly. The Redskins won't say he's done publicly, but he's done. He was he was at, at training camp, and while he got that big, I forget what they call it, the external fixator or that, that Frankenstein contraption that he had on, he's got that off, but you're right, he's still got stuff on his leg. So they can they can spin it in the, any way they want the front office, but the bottom line is that he's not going to play again and the Redskins are on the hook for, I don't know, 40 or $60 million or something mm-hmm. like that. 
Which is a shame, but it was just one of those freak things that uh, that this team seems to be cursed with every once in a while. All right, now, Bob, before I turn these other guys loose on you, I I want you to put in perspective for my buddy Luke Johnson, who is a Saints fan, Mm -hmm. how iconic the Redskin organization really is and what an enormous national fan base the team enjoys. Here we go. Luke, are you listening? Are you listening, Luke? Ab- absolutely, I'm I mean, listening. It, 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 it is a it is a franchise that has definitely seen better days. But yes, around the country, especially in the southeast, there are there are tons of Redskins fans because of the fact that even you know the predate you know even even Saints fans back in the day before I guess what 1967 or whenever the Saints first season was. The, the entire South was was pretty much Redskins territory, and it's it's something you see a li- as you get a little bit more east than Mississippi. Once you get into Georgia and certainly up into Tennessee and the Carolinas and stuff like that, huge huge um, Redskins fans there because of the fact that the Redskins you know preseason TV network just was all up and down the East Coast and the Southeast you know, well into the sixties and. Uh, you're digging this, aren't you, Luke? You're liking this, aren't you? <laughs> Where's Bob Luke from originally? <laughs> I, I'm from I'm from Laurel, Mississippi. I'm, I'm, okay. I was originally born in New Orleans. Look, don't let him fool you, okay? Listen, I'm, I was a big fan of Joe Jackson Gibbs for a long time. And here's Absolutely. the thing. Last week when we previewed the Redskins division, I let off the segment playing hell to the Redskins. Did, so don't did. believe what he's talking about. He did. Don't believe what he's talking about. Um, Bob, uh, you, you look at you know questions around uh, quarterback. But when you look at the names in the backfield for the Redskins, I mean, there's a stable. I mean, Samaj P. Ryan, uh, Bryce Love, Geis is back, and then, you know, Ageless Wonder, Adrian Peterson. They've got backs to run the football. Oh, absolutely. And for some reason, uh, Jay Gruden is absolutely fascinated with Samaj P. Ryan, despite the fact that he has yet to show it on the field. In fact, we were, we were sitting in a press conference a couple of weeks ago, and one of the writers asked a question about it, it had been a really good day for Darius. It was a really good day for uh, Adrian Peterson. And then completely unprompted, uh, uh, Jay Gruden said, and don't forget about Samaj P. Ryan. And, and with literally one of the beat writers for the Washington Post uh, actually laughed. We all laughed in our heads. He couldn't contain it and actually laughed out loud. I don't, I don't know why Jay is fascinated with him, uh, but he is. But you're right. I mean, the, the running game that's the way this if this team is going to win this year you can boil it down to three words on offense ground and pound they're going to run the ball um they're going to hope to get good tight end play from jordan reed who's healthy this year and has looked fantastic at training camp and they are they're just going to keep rotating them in uh right now adrian peterson is the starter it look at they're really, really excited about Darius Geis, and he has looked great. I mean, he took a swing pass. and I'll tell you what, Bob, hold that thought if you don't mind. We're on sure. a hard break. We're about to uh, lose the uh, uh, lose to the commercial break right gotcha. this second. We'll be right back. We're talking to Bob Matthews, WTAR, the Bob Matthews Show in Norfolk, Virginia, and we will continue with some NFL talk right after this. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. 
Welcome back to the Eagle Hour, everybody, from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. Great Southern Miss apparel for your home, for your car, for yourself. You can find it all on their Hardy Street location, or you can go to CampusBookmart.net. We're talking to Bob Matthews of the Bob Matthews Show, WTAR Radio in Norfolk, Virginia, who also covers the Washington Redskins. And, Bob, we're glad to have you on the show. I uh, want to get to some general NFL stuff uh, with you. But, sure. Uh, a Mississippi kid drafted by the Redskins this year out of Mississippi State, Montez Sweat. Uh, I think mm-hmm. the Redskins moved up to get him, thought a lot of him. What's this kid look like in camp? Guys, he is a freak. I mean, he reminds you of Javon Curse, only only faster. Uh, there was one play when I was up there that had everybody talking. It was, uh, it was during 11-on-11, and he took on – Jordan Reed was trying to block him. Now, Jordan Reed's not the best blocker tight end-wise on the team, but he's still a pretty big guy. Montez Sweat actually grabbed Jordan Reed, kind of stiff-armed it with one hand, and with the other hand was able to grab a hold of and stop Adrian Peterson. So, mm. they, I mean, they absolutely cannot wait for him to get on the field. That could wind up being the steal of the draft. And, and you uh, couple him with, the, with these big kids from Alabama that they've gotten over the last two or three years, and then they yeah. bring in uh, Landon Collins from the, from the Giants defensively, Defensively, one would think the Redskins will be one of the better teams in the league. Defensively, they have the potential to be a really filthy defense. And if you want to, um, if you want to keep an eye on somebody, Bob, on the bench, there's a kid from James Madison University named Jimmy Moreland. He's a defensive back. He's about five eight. He's tiny, but he's a freaking ball hawk. And in the, they're really high on him. In the Cleveland game alone, he, uh, the Browns had a. a first and goal on the one-yard line in the space of four plays. He, he broke up two passes in the end zone and then on fourth down forced a fumble that the Redskins recovered and, and kept them out of the end zone. So the coaches are really, really high on him. He could be a steal as well. Bob Matthews is with us. Uh, he's uh, keeping track of the Redskins. Bob, you talked about Montez Sweat from Mississippi State. There's another Mississippi mm-hmm. State guy that's been in the headlines overnight, Dak Prescott, saying that uh, he, mm-hmm. can't, he can't work for $30 million a year. What, what do <laughs> You guys who cover NFL teams, what do you make of headlines like that? You know, it's, what it is is the market rate. And Dak Prescott, I think, feels like he should be paid the way Aaron Rodgers is, or for that matter, Kirk Cousins is. Yeah, it's one of those things where it just, it's what the market determines and what the market bears. And so when Cousins got his three-year $90 million deal before last year, it's kind of a natural progression of things, and so since he got, since Cousins got ninety million, and Dak's the next guy up that's going to be a free agent, um, he figures he deserves probably a hundred million guaranteed. And as a guy who not only covers the Redskins but also is a Redskins fan, uh, I hope that Jerry gives it to him and uh, overpays for. Amari Cooper and Ezekiel Elliott, too, and, and put the Cowboys in salary cap hell. That, that would be absolutely <laughs> fine with me. Absolutely. I like this No guy. worries about that. <laughs> Bob, Bob Matthews is with us, who's also uh, a, a Southern Miss grad. He was a Golden Eagle from 85 to 90. Still follows Southern Miss football, a member of the Sigma Alpha Epsilon fraternity when he was here. Bob, you still following uh, Golden Eagle football? I do. I can't follow it as closely as I would like to or as closely as you guys do. But, um, you know, there are the, 
they we get at least four or five games a year on TV with Conference USA. And uh, I actually, when uh, when Southern came here to play Old Dominion a couple of years ago, we had a tailgate party at my house because at the time I was living pretty much walking distance to uh, to the stadium and just kind of put the word out with the athletic department. And we had well, we had 20 or 25 Golden Eagle fans from that either came from Mississippi or drove down from D.C. or something like that. So we had them for a tailgate party at our house before the game. It was terrific. Well, you were back there in the in the, the glory days of Southern Miss football, so to speak, kind, oh, of a, yes. kind of at the tail end there. And you hear people lament. They go, you know, the, it just seems with the current football landscape that we're never going to be what we used to be. Your, your thoughts on a comment like that? I'll be honest with you. I think it's better than it used to be. Are you freaking kidding me? They're in a, when I was there, they were an independent um, if they, if that team didn't win ten games, you know there was absolutely no chance to sniff a bowl game. You're you know we're Conference USA now. Hell, just uh, get bowl eligible, and you know you're going to get a trip to a postseason bowl. And for my money, uh, you know I am absolutely fine with that. Um, would I like to see him play in a better conference, the AAC or something like that? Yeah, absolutely. But I'm okay with the way it is. You know if it stays this way, I really am. All right, Bob, we, we got to get a little love in here for Luke. You cover the NFL okay. for a living, and he is an right. avid Saints fan. And truth be known, they could very well be the best team in the NFC this year. Is that not correct? It is definitely possible. If Drew Brees and that offense can have the same type of season they had last year, then yeah. You know, Alvin Kamara is a beast. They've got uh, Michael Thomas is back now. They've got him signed. And I tell you what, I think the Saints are set up for a prolonged run. I don't think they even have to worry when Breeze decides to retire because they've got Teddy Bridgewater sitting there who I think, you know, you give him you give him a few starts. They very well may not see, uh, you know, see a drop-off once Breeze decides to retire, which is very rare. You like that, don't you, Luke? Yeah, I mean, we talked about it yesterday, and, and uh, Bob, the joke we made yesterday was uh, Teddy Bridgewater is literally the bridge into the next franchise quarterback. I don't think Sean Payton has the patience right now to throw a rookie out there and, and basically go through growing pains. Payton really doesn't have much patience when somebody can't do the system he wants and, and when he does it. Right. Well, I mean, you know, Teddy Bridgewater's still under 30. I think he's 28 this year, so he'll have, by the time Breeze leaves, he'll have a couple of years in uh in the system, and I, you know, I'm not so sure he's not the guy for, you know, five, six, seven years. Who's to say these right. days? Especially with the way offensive systems are, you know, we're seeing quarterbacks play. Look, Tom Brady, you know, Brady's 42. Aaron Rodgers is is in his late 30s, and Breeze himself. So, you know, I, I think Teddy Bridgewater has got. They could potentially have ten or twelve years with him, Bob. With the fact that that the super the Super Bowl last year was the lowest rated Super Bowl in in the modern era, and a lot of people say mm-hmm. they're they're just tired of the Patriots. Um, is, no, is is that a, you're tired of the Patriots? <laughs> I'm just telling what what different media sources no, have said that, that no. fans are tired of seeing the New England Set Patriots. Straight, Bob. The Patriots are just the best team in the league. I don't they? I don't dispute that. I am not. I will not. I will not. I will never pick against them ever again until they show me they can't do it anymore i've just i've given up and i'm like you know what belichick's a genius brady has made some sort of deal with mephistopheles or something and there's absolutely nothing any of us can do what you're hearing is a bitter Bengals fan you know a guy that just 
He's suffering, and he and he's lashing out at other people. But, but that's what it sounds like. <laughs> but would you agree hey, hey, though, that? Before in, we move on to a, before we move on to a topic, I I got to find out um, because he's a, a friend of mine that's on the uh, that's on the Redskins beat up in up in D.C. with the Washington Post. You remember a guy named Kareem Copeland who used to cover Southern Miss? Uh, I don't know, probably ten years yeah. ago or so with the Hattiesburg American. He, he covered is, me at the Hattiesburg American. Yeah. Did it yet? Well, Kareem is now at the Washington Post. He is—he's—he's he's pretty much the lead writer uh, on the Redskins, and he's a fantastic guy. Um, we bonded over, you know, being in the six hundred one together, and uh, he's on my show all the time. Great writer. Ask great him, guy. Bob, specifically about the time he wrote about me missing summer workouts and going to Africa. He'll remember it in a heartbeat. Okay. The Southern Miss punter <laughs> right. that went to Africa. Southern oh, Miss man. punter. Africa workout. Right. Got it. All right, real quick before we run out of time, size up the East for us, the NFC East this year, Bob. I think it's wide open. You can make you can make a, a logical case for three of the four teams, and really that includes the Redskins winning this division. Although I think you got to go with the Eagles at this point. Although I'm just not sold on them because they, to me, they still seem greater. You know, the whole seems greater than the sum of the parts. Dallas has the most talent, but they underachieve year after year after year. The Redskins have a narrow path to it if they can if they can run the ball and not turn it over. Um, but it's it's going to be tough. Although people forget with the Redskins that the game that Alex Smith got hurt, um, Casey or uh, Colt McCoy threw a pass, the last offensive play of the game to Josh Doxson. He wasn't, there was no pass interference called on the play when Doxson was just taken down. Had the officials thrown the flag on that play, the Redskins would have had about a 20-yard field goal that they would have kicked, won the game. They would have been 7-3 and three going to Dallas. Right. So I think people are sleeping on the Redskins <clears throat> a little, but it could also spiral out of control, and it could be 4-12 and 12 as well. Well, look, man, we really appreciate you being on the show. Great talk to you. Great to have a USM guy uh, back with us that has uh, uh, gone on to do other things. And uh, thank you, man, for coming on today. Guys, it's my pleasure. Anytime. And, Bob, hail to the Redskins. Yes. Hail to the Redskins. <laughs> you, me, and Paulie from the Peninsula will be calling up telling me that in a few minutes. <laughs> we'll be right back. To the top. Appreciate Bob Matthews for joining us in those first two segments. Former Southern Miss Golden Eagle, now covering the Washington Redskins up in Virginia. It's uh, the Eagle Hour. Thanks for spending this Tuesday afternoon with us. Bob, Luke, 
Kelly and Dalton from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Third segment brought to you every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg. It's Tuesday, so what that means is tonight, 65-cent wings. Mm. Weekly special on Tuesday nights leading up until football season. If I was not on a diet, I would go crush wings tonight. But I've still, guys, I'm still carving out an opportunity. I'm going to not do my Saturday treat. And one of these Tuesday nights is going to be going to be – Luke and the wings. How so much are all you that down now? Luke? At Four Street Bar and Grill. Uh, I will weigh. I weigh every two weeks. So mm-hmm. right now I'm down about 25 pounds. Good for you. How about you, Kelly J? I'm down about 35, but I've been at it a little bit longer. My metabolism. I guess we don't us 60 older guys. 60 pounds between you boys. But like for I said, and it. If I was eating the 420 calorie salad at uh, Fuzzy's Tacos, it might go down further because Kelly. Has the ability to eat that? Yeah, well, there was like a, more like a cauldron, not a he bowl. Ate two, though, I think. Didn't you, Kelly? But it's still know. at our age. It's tougher to. It's tougher. It what? Yeah, tougher to do I'm, anything at our age, Kelly. <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, I don't. I, I'll confess, guys. I don't really follow Mississippi State football that much. But it was interesting to hear Bob Matthews talking about Montez Sweat. Luke, was he that? Was he that good in college? Yes, I mean he was. A, he was a freak last year. He, his athletic ability. There, you're not supposed to move like he does at his size. So Montez Sweat is a defensive end, uh, six foot six, two hundred and sixty pounds, and at the combine ran a four four one. Like that's not supposed to happen. Yeah. So he's running receiver time at six six two sixty. And this kid had uh, at the last minute. Wasn't there some question about a, a heart situation, a heart uh, ailment of some sort yeah. that he had that, that doctors really took a close look at and said he's good to go? Some some people thought he was going to go top ten possibly, um, but it kind of scared some teams off the last second, but the Redskins, uh, they moved up and, and grabbed and it him. It sounds like they I got think him he will, What do they he have He could be lose? the defensive right. rookie of the year. <laughs> right. There we go. All right. Now, guys, I, I've kind of complained some on this show about playing SWAC football teams. I just, I just don't think that Southern Miss football – uh, should be doing that on a regular basis, just my opinion. So I looked uh, ahead as much information as I could find, and I look ahead to 2025. I don't see a SWAC team on the schedule. I see non-conference home games in 2020 or South Alabama, 2021 Troy, 2022 Liberty, 2023 Tulane, nothing for 24, Mississippi State in 2025, Road games in 20 against Auburn and Liberty and 21 against South Alabama and Alabama, 22 against at Miami and Tulane, 2023 a road game against Mississippi State and 2024 a road game against Troy. Am I overlooking something or is there no further SWAC football scheduled on our on our schedule, Luke? Yeah, you if I don't see it either, but if you if you remember, I think it was Mister actually Mister McGillis and John Gilbert continued. We were told uh, a couple years ago that for the imminent future, the idea was to schedule you know a Power Five opponent and two you know like with this year, they wanted to schedule a regional Sun Belt team and then they wanted to schedule a SWAC for attendance purposes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when you look at it, there's there's nothing after uh, twenty. 
I guess uh, after this year. Yeah, that's right. right. I wouldn't be surprised. See, you, you don't have in 2023, even in 2020, 2021, 2022, you don't have your your last non-conference game. So I would I, I would think that some of those would pop up. And then starting in 2023, you've really only got two per year. So it wouldn't surprise me if you add a SWAC. And, I mean, let's be honest. The, the trade-off is people come. Um, and the last two times when we had Southern and when we had um, – who who came like Jackson? Who came last year? Jackson State. Jackson who was State. It? Yeah, Jackson State. Yeah, I mean it fills up. I mean it it, it fills up, and so it's it's better to sell tickets uh, than to have empty seats, and so I, I get that. Well, one of the arguments that we make about a, a, a possible transition, you know, hypothetical, albeit to the Sun Belt, of course, is people could travel. Golden Eagle fans could go to Mobile and when they play the Jaguars. Well, we're going to get that tested. Okay. Correct. That's we're, right. We're, 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 that's going to be right. tested. South Alabama is going to come here. We're going to go there. There's also, you know, Troy, a, a re, reuniting with uh, Troy. But, you know, if I think if attendance both ways works out well, then I would expect to see some Louisiana Lafayettes pop up on the schedule. Louisiana Monroe, Monroe right. uh, Georgia Southern, uh, Atlanta, uh, Georgia State which is in the Atlanta area, which would be a great recruiting tool for Southern Miss. And remember, Atlanta from Hattiesburg is only five and a half hours. Right. Which, you know, even though it's two states over, it's still not that far away. Well, and two guys, you can look ahead now four years after this year, and you see that big money road game at Auburn, at Alabama, at Miami, at Mississippi State. So that seems to be in place. That They seem to... They, they seem determined to do that, which completely understandable. Yeah, and, and it goes by what Luke was just saying with uh, John Gilbert, you know, the, the previous uh, athletic directors. That's pretty much what they were saying, is that they were going to do these regional uh, games against you know, South Alabama and Troy in the more foreseeable future. Tulane, although they're not in the Sun Belt, you know, is right down the road. And I would argue that Southern Miss fans would love to have Tulane and even let the Green Wave host those games. There are more Correct. Southern Miss fans that go, well, to, yeah. go to New Orleans. <laughs> so it's at Tulane in 22 and Tulane here in 23. And I think I think I saw in maybe 26 at Tulane. I, I'm completely in agreement with that. Renewing Tulane in Memphis, I think, would be huge steps. Yeah, Memphis, Memphis is, is getting – they're kind of on the fringe, you know, up there. Um, but remember the old black and blue series that we had for years? I guess you guys, when you were playing, Luke, I, I'm guessing you got stoked up to play Memphis. Yeah, it was it was some huge games. We uh, we beat them. Uh, my sophomore year, lost some of my junior and senior year. They were all close. One of them was a big Friday night ESPN games when D'Angelo Williams was there, Gostowski was there, Danny Winprine was there, and and my senior year because of Katrina, they actually shared campus with us. You know, we practiced up there right. because of Hurricane Katrina. That was always a game you got up for because you were just gonna gonna hit each other. And I mean, Memphis is is on the rise with the American. I mean, the, right. at least Ole Miss will play somebody like that. They open up with Memphis this year. So I would love to see some of those. I still think Memphis is a recruiting area uh, because of its you know, geographical spot and because of its size. If you beat Memphis, you know, two out of you know two times in four years, you got a, a recruiting fo- footprint there for sure. Now, Luke, in, in Memphis was. Mar- Martin Hankins, the quarterback from Memphis in one of those games that you played? He may have been my early year, but it was Danny Winprine every year after that. Okay, because Martin Hankins, you know, who's now the Lamar County 
circuit clerk, I think, or, or chancery clerk or whatever here in Lamar County, was the quarterback at Memphis that came to Hattiesburg and beat the Eagles. Is that right? Yeah. He, he beat the Eagles as a, as a Memphis Tiger. He was actually – you're right. We He was he was right after. I think he started in 06. I got done in 05. Okay. So he was right after Danny Winbrown. Two other things I found of interest there. We can say anything we want to about Mississippi State, but if you count this year, Mississippi State and Southern Miss playing three times in a six-year span. So Mississippi State's willing to play Southern Miss. Two for one, but give them their due. They're, they're coming here. And you hear football fans say all the time, well, the legislature needs to mandate that these schools play each other. Look, let's be honest here. All right, About 80% of the legislators in Jackson are Ole Miss grads. There's a lot of lawyers in the legislature, and they're a lot never going to do that. They're never going no. to force. No, you know, and of course, and the, I don't know that they should. Well, really. the other states, you know, other states do it. They, they, they do mandate it. Louisiana. Yeah, it. yeah, they they mandate it. But of course, the excuse could always be we have no business legislating athletic right. events, and I get that well, argument. Here's now. another team that I find interesting appearing now on the schedule, and that's Liberty. At Liberty and Liberty here. And, Luke, you know a little bit about that university. I understand they have tremendous athletic facilities, and that's an athletic program really on the rise. Am I right about that? It was an athletic program that wanted to be in Conference USA. Conference USA didn't want to, you know, get in the midst of Falwell politics up there. They are the largest private uh, university in the world. They have incredible endowments. Hugh Freeze is up there now. Whatever you think about him personally, I mean, he's a good football coach. And so, with the with the athletic, uh, you know, facilities they have up there, they're going to be on the rise. They're going to be challenging Appalachian State and Troy for Sun Belt titles in the next couple of years. So, they're a team um, that could move quickly. Uh, because of the ability they have and the resources they have. And they're a team, when you finally, you know, you play them next year and then you turn around and you play them in 2022, there could be a team uh, that, that has already won a, a, a league title. I, I have heard Liberty described as the BYU of the East. That could be right. Yeah, I see that. And Kelly Troy, three times between now and 24. You like the Troy deal? I do. I think that's a natural. Again, geographically close together. It's a Sun Belt team. You know, the Sun Belt teams and the Conference USA teams can see how they stack up against each other. The cost of travel, minimal. You know, which makes I mean, sense. Budgets are tight, man. So that that also makes sense as to why you'd book Tulane, who's you know just down the road. Right. Yeah. So so that's the schedule as we look out uh, to 2025. We'll be back. Eagle Hour will continue right after this. Southern Miss to the top. 
fourth segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by Gulfport Home Center, located on Highway 49 in Gulfport, Mississippi. More room for you, more room for your family. Gulfport Home Center. Bob, Luke, Kelly, and Dalton from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. First Bank building uh, that great new uh, site out on Highway 98. And uh, always be sure to go see uh, the Perfect 10 and, and just the great staff at First Bank for all your financial needs. Bob, um, what a day it is today when uh, we, we talk Redskin uh, football. And uh, I have been respectful all day long. I just want to make the, the note of that to you. You've been great, man. I appreciate it. You played that HTTR song for me the other day. I think you're kind of a closet Redskin myself, Luke. Then you admit that you were a big well, Joe Gibbs fan. He's a fantastic man. I mean, how, how do you how do you not like? I, look, I could tell right now. Okay, here I go. Just let me just here we go. Mark Rippin, Ernest Biner, Art Monk, um, yeah, baby. Yeah. Riggins. Okay, there we go. I just John named four, four, four or five guys. Great John Riggins. There you go. Number forty four, Kelly Center, a man among boys. Is he still around? Yeah, he's an outdoorsman now. He does an outdoor show okay. and lives out in Montana, some crazy place like that. Well, I, I don't want, I'm still in the in the NFL theme, but I want to bring something up, and I and I really think that this needs to be discussed a little bit. Somebody in the NFL with with a vision, obviously meaning forward, needs to trade for Nick Mullins. Oh, I agree. If the 49ers, yeah, I agree. If the 49ers don't have any intention for him to I agree. just be a backup quarterback and look, they can do what they want to do. I think Nick Mullins deserves a shot to be a starter in the NFL with somebody. And there's some ball teams that could really use a good quarterback. I agree. He's he's cerebral, he's smart, he makes good decisions, he's a character guy. Right. If I'm an agent or a marketing agency, 100%. He is the guy that I want. I'm 100% with you. You know, and I uh I referenced I referenced it yesterday. Uh, there was an article on on Fox Sports, and this was, and it's by somebody totally objective, not you know coming from anybody inside the Magnolia State. Made the argument, and especially it has fire now since Dak's turned down such a, a great amount of money. The argument for why the the Forty ers do not need to sign Dak to a mega deal, and the Forty ers need to trade for Nick Mullins. Like that's a national conversation right now about how Nick is. If if you put a uh, elite talent around him, you know, specifically with the Cowboys, if he has Amari Cooper, if he has Ezekiel mm. Elliott, if he has a few more guys to throw to, Randall Cobb coming in, how he could go, yeah. you know, in the upper tier of quarterbacks pretty quick. In I the don't NFL. really want to see that personally, but I think that's exactly right. And if you get into hypotheticals, which a lot of this is, you know, it, it we and we talked about this on the show yesterday. Todd Munkin's going to get his shot. In the NFL, the former Southern Miss coach who's now the offensive coordinator of the Browns. He's going to get a head coaching position in the NFL. It wouldn't surprise me at all. One of the first moves he goes to the GM says, look, get me Mullins. If, if he's not in a situation where he already has a marquee they quarterback. They won't do this because they spent a lot of money. But along the lines of what Luke is saying, the Vikings would be a team that if Mullins were on a team like Minnesota, surrounded by such enormous talent, there's really no telling what he could do. There, there are a number of teams like that, but you're exactly right about Dallas. I think that's a great scenario. Well, he, well, here's the here's the thing too. When you Nick's still living off a rookie deal, okay? So 
you know, Nick's never going to be up there with the Mahomes of the world. It's just not going to happen. I mean, it's just it's not going to happen. So what you do is you basically peg a in the minds of people an average quarterback, and you surround him with elite talent, and the intangibles then turn him into an elite right. quarterback. That's that's the, the the type of situation you're talking about when you're dealing with Nick Mullins. Chargers, another team that comes to mind. Philip Rivers on the tail end of his career. He's probably 40 years old, great quarterback, but he's just running out of time. Right. Anyway, but you're right. Hey, real quick, before we run out of time, guys, I want to let everybody know about something that we 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 firmed up a while back, but we finalized today. The Eagle Hour is joining Papa John's Pizza and Keith Co. And at every home game from 12 o'clock, or well, from four hours before the game up until Eagle Walk, we're going to be tailgating over right by the Eagle Walk. And uh, Papa John's is going to provide the food along with Keith Co. And every military member and every veteran and their families are invited to the tailgate for free meals. Pizza stuff from Keith Co. I think um, Hooters, I think, is also involved, going to be bringing food. Uh, so uh, we want to make sure that every veteran knows about that. I want you to bring your family. I want every active military to come and bring their family and enjoy some fellowship and some free food. We're going to try to hustle up some Eagle Hour t-shirts and some other good giveaways to give away. And We're happy to be joining Papa John's and Keith Co., a petroleum company, and, and saying thank you in this way to our active military and uh, to all the veterans that will be attending football. We love showing the military some love, man. That's the very least, the very least we can do. So we hope everybody that listens to the show will come by and uh, say hello to these military kids and uh, and thank them. I mean, I think every time you see a guy in uniform, you ought to thank him. Every time, I'm if, if they're wearing, like, their hat, you know, like Vietnam veteran or something, I always go up and shake their hand, and, and, and sometimes they're going, what's wrong with you? No, I'm, I'm, I'm We're sincere. looking forward to that, and uh, we hope that everybody will join us. All right, Kelly, thanks for lining that up today. That was fun. Yeah, we'll do it again. All right, we'll be back tomorrow at 1, everybody. Southern Miss. To, to the, the top. top. To the top. into the Into the future I want to fly like an eagle To the sea Fly like an eagle Let my spirit carry me I want to fly like an eagle Till I'm free Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.